Welcome to Black and Brown, a podcast where three black guys get to share their love of bourbon. We talk about current events, we conduct interviews, and good old-fashioned shit-talking. Our hosts, Bill, Anthony, and Delvin, will keep you informed on what's going down with that brown. Welcome to the Black and Brown Podcast. I'm your man, A. Colbert, plug. And as always, I am... Wait, uh-oh. I'm not joined by my cousin, Dove H. Stevens, this week. So we're going to have to give a collective, oh, yeah. <laughs> Hello, I'll do it. What's going down, cousin? <laughs> What's up, cousin? Good to see you. Glad for you to be here. And our man, Delvin Joyce, the People's Choice. What's the deal, fam? What's the deal with you, man? We feel off balance because uh, WH is not in the building, but that's all right, man. My guy my guy is taking care of priorities, though, right? He so, got some family things happening. Family things happening. I totally understand. And so in, in honor of the silverback, I'm going to drink his share tonight. Oh, absolutely. How about can that? I, can I have some of that? And you can notice it's Glenn while he's not here. But joining us in studio for season nine and nine, um, the way we want to take it, and the first chef of the season, which is dope for me, uh, we have Chef Chris Roginski. Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah, you got it. Cool, man. I thought I was worried going from that. <laughs> um, this guy's and, like a celebrity, bro. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And he is the head chef at Supperland, if you know Charlotte. Um, you can't get in. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to the podcast, Chris. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so I was excited to get you here because, of course, like I said, you can't get in that joint. I tried to get a reservation, and our man in the wings, uh, our man Brody, he can attest to that as well. You know what I'm saying? He tried to get in there as well, and it's tight. But uh, our guy Delvin did go there yesterday do some little research, some preliminary research, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. But first, we're going to connect with you about bourbon, some food, and how that goes down. Cool? Yeah, absolutely. So, so give the people a little bit of background about you and... I guess the overall food industry in Charlotte, like how'd you start? How'd you get started? You know? Yeah. So I've been cooking since I was like a little kid. Uh, I grew up, my family could not cook at all. I grew up on like <laughs> rice aroni and things like that. So yeah. I was like, yo, that's the San Francisco trees. Yeah, right? <laughs> Watch your mouth. Nice. I was like, I, everybody been in rice aroni. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like 12 years old, I got like a crock pot for Christmas and like 13, I got a fryer, 14, I got a grill. Oh, wow. so oh. I just started cooking for the fam. Uh, then like 16, I did like a half, High school and then half culinary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like did that, got a scholarship, went to CIA and just been cooking ever since. Was that yeah. CIA in New York? Yeah, yeah. Oh dope. Now where did you where did you grow up? I grew up in Long Island. Long Island. Oh, Long okay. Island, so New you're York. from the city. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. You you see he wearing that Jets hat, right? He don't know your history. I do see the Jets hat. Go ahead, give it to him. The guy is is low-key a Giants fan, though. I can see it. I see it on his face. Ah, Mets, Jets, Islanders, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Die on that hill. Yo, (laughs) so so our man, D. Joyce, the people's choice, he doesn't like to tell people, but he played for the Giants and the Jets. Oh, really? Well, I mean, I had a training camp with the Jets, but, you know, Brett Favre doesn't count his time with the Jets, neither do I. So you you played for the Jets, too, though. Yeah, you know. Herm Edwards was a great guy, by Mm -hmm. the way. So, you know, he's, he's a class act. So Long Island, though. So I lived on Long Beach. When okay. I was when I was with the Jets, that's where my mom grew up. Oh, Long Beach. Yeah, Riverside. Oh, yeah, you know it's funny when you think of New York beaches, you don't think of nice beaches, right? But Long Beach was dope. I'd be scared like of beaches upstate, dog. I mean, I went to Jersey one time, and no shade against Jersey, them beaches smell funny, son. <laughs> smell funny. <laughs> now nah, you can real. throw shade on Jersey. It's yeah, I'm just saying. I was just yeah. like, yo, what is that smell? You, you know why New Yorkers are so depressed, right? I ain't even going there. I ain't going there because the light at the end of the tunnel is New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. You dope. So, so with having chefs on and the way we want to talk about food this season, the guys kind of gave me free reign because I'm a bit of a foodie, right? Um, I even went to like a, a forage and feast yesterday. We'll talk about it. I got to give them some shine and shout out. 
Wow. But yeah, you know, shameless. Yeah, have you ever done it? Have you ever gone foraging for mushrooms? Yeah, in college, I was part of like the mycology clubs. So Thank like, you. Go and hang out in the woods and go pick mushrooms. Mycology. Did you write that down? What you is look it up later. Mycology. It's I've like, never heard like of that. The art of like mushroom foraging and picking and identification and stuff like that. What? Yo, dog. So, you, all right. It's, it's a sport, bro. So there's a whole science behind it. Because, because yeah. mushrooms can be poisonous, right? Absolutely. And if you pick the wrong mushroom, you might get poisoned and or eat a Smurf on accident. Is 100%. that right? Okay. Yeah, you see some little blue stuff on your chin? <laughs> you messed up. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we went to went to do that, and it was kind of like it was really intriguing because then we brought that back. The chef took it in and you know cooked it up for us, right? So normally when we have guests on, we talk about their bourbon, what they're hunting, but because this is different, um, we have to ask you kind of different questions. Your palates are really refined with food tasting and whatnot like that. So. Um, we can't really ask you how you got into bourbon. That'd be a different story. But with the cooking of bourbon, do you ever go into it pairing those two together? Like you'll taste what you're drinking right now and say, hey, I can put this with a food item or I could build a recipe off of that. Yeah, absolutely. So we uh, have a speakeasy at Supperland. And so we base all of the food off cocktails. And we've uh-huh. done a couple bourbon dinners and where we just taste the bourbons or taste the cocktails and kind of base all of the food off that. Yeah. So I've tried oh, Woodford's probably my favorite thing to pair with. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, Woodford is good. Just regular Woodford? Regular Woodford. I mean, if you like put it into a, I forget the word, a micrometer, where you like t- take a bourbon and you put it into how many like taste aspects it has, it's like over 50 different taste combinations. So it really? Just p- pairs with, uh, pairs with food super well. And if kind of you're like stuck in like a spot, like, oh, what do I pair it with? Woodford's always like the, I'm right the go-to oh, answer. Wow. So I saw that you guys have a speakeasy. So I went to the bar yesterday. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I did not want to out myself and, and tell the people there that you're famous, that we were going to be interviewing Chris today, yeah, yeah, right? Like yeah. I, I went in there just as a regular patron, just to see how they treated me. Health inspector. Dude, everybody was like so welcoming, inviting. So I met Mike, was a bartender there. Mm-hmm. My guy took care of me, made a recommendation for a drink. Um, and then Colleen came, the, the beverage, she's the head mixologist. Like yeah. she's big time. She's bro. dope, dude. She's, she's dope. Superstar. Yeah. And and by the way, like she I, kicked us to the curb. We reached out to her. Oh, really? And we tried she to get her on the podcast. She was so, like, I don't so, know we, you. so we had to settle for Chris. <laughs> no, no, that was early on, like a year ago. We tried to shoot our shot and she was like, no, get that out of here, bro. So <laughs> it, it was funny, man, like with her being a head mixologist yeah. and like this rock star. Mm-hmm. And I hope uh, I hope I'm OK saying this. Like she does not look that part. Right. She she just looks like a just a down home, like just super chill. No tats, nothing. Just cool right? people. Yeah. Super chill. That's dope. But yeah, she was super nice. And then just everybody, the whole vibe was just cool, right? Just felt like a really cool, uh, inclusive environment. So, um, but I was excited about it, but I did not, I saw that there was a speakeasy, but I did not get to go to the speakeasy. So tell us about that. And what is that all about? So uh, speakeasy, it's underneath the bar at Supperland. And something that we do that's different than most other places, a lot of times they'll have the food and then pair the alcohol with it. We do it backwards. We take the alcohol and then pair the food with it. Oh, So we kind of give the bartenders kind of the reins and they kind of do their own thing, give us a whole bunch of cocktails. We have themes. And then, you know, I'll take a week or two, me and my team will kind of build the menu and kind of match it to the cocktails the best. And I think it's only like three or four other um, speakeasies in the country that do that. Wow. So, so, so let me ask you this. Say we gave you like a bottle we did on a barrel pick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you take that, what would be like if we wanted to do an event? Say we said, here's a, here's a black and brown pick, TSR. Give you this. We want to set an event up for the team and whoever else. Exclusive type shit, you yeah. know. 
Um, how long would that take and what would that look like? What could we charge people to do that? Ooh, I mean, it depends how much uh, the how much your barrel pick is, but on our end, probably food would be like 50 or 60 bucks. Okay. And then uh, alcohol on top, probably about $100, $125 a person. How much, how much of the spirit would you need? Say like, how much would you need to say, like a bottle, two bottles? Uh, probably just uh, a bottle to taste and then a bottle to serve the guests. Oh, okay. Nothing well, too, too crazy. One to taste and one to serve. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new t-shirt. Just made one, that up. One to stash, one to smash. <laughs> yes, sir. So, so, so let's talk about Supperland. So Supperland's getting a lot of pub, a lot, lot of ink, right? Um, the, the group, uh, I don't even remember their names. I, I could see them in the writings and everything, but we're here to talk to you. So, so what do you think's attributed to that? Because you, you came to Supperland from one of their other restaurants, right? Yeah. So I moved here at seven years ago and I actually got the job with a Craigslist ad as crazy as that sounds. That's what? dope. That's yeah. dope. And you moved here from New York. I moved here from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Scranton, PA. I know Scranton. Okay. Yeah, don't, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's rewind. You were, you, so you left CIA. Did yep. you go to Scranton first? Yeah, I left CIA, went to Scranton. I worked at a steakhouse there and then like a really upscale like neighborhood yep. uh, pub, corner, okay. corner sort of restaurant. Yep. Um, and then my whole family lives down here. My best friend, his some my godkids, my nieces, nephews. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. And they're like, all right, time to stop messing around. Yeah, come, come kick down, it. Come down to your family. I'm like, all right, that's awesome. And where were you working at at Scranton? In Scranton, though, because there's not like a no. lot of fine cuisine in Scranton, PA. So there, a place called Carl von Luger's. It was like uh, the nephew of Peter Luger. Yeah, yeah. And I was gonna say, yeah. Opened off like a little side piece. Um, so same style steaks, just different name. And then a place called State Street Grill. So it was like a really upscale, like neighborhood spot. Everyone walked to, you know, crushed yeah. on the weekends. Just, nice, nice. Yeah. And then since so, so you, I mean, and, it, and it's not like chef jobs are, I'm not saying it's difficult. It's a rough industry, but you can always find work, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you came down with those skills. You answered their Craigslist ad. And I've heard stories about how you get a gig as a chef. Like, do you have to come in and prepare something for the owners or? Yeah, yeah. So usually you have to do like a stage. So you go in, you like hang out for like two or three hours, you make some food, just see how you work in the kitchen, make uh -huh. you hold a knife, make sure you can do like your knife skills and things like that. And usually in the first like 45 minutes, you can usually tell like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah like, they're good. Like he's cool. <laughs> he's got it. <laughs> so so you came in um, and I think you worked at Haberdish? Yeah. First? Okay. So uh, I was the opening sous chef at Haberdish. Okay. Um, so just, you know, every day, you know, designed a whole menu, you know, picked out all the flavors, ingredients, recipes, and then just grinded for five or six years. And then uh, COVID happened. We were talking about Supperland. Supperland kind of got pushed to the curb a little bit. Yep. Um, so it gave us a lot of time to like really open it and like really develop what we were trying to do. So a lot of people didn't have a good time during pandemic, but it really allowed us to like really put our foot in Supperland and really, you know, put everything we wanted into it. That's cool, man. So how'd you guys pivot during um, COVID? Because like, like us, we got caught like right at the beginning. We went to Kentucky. We tasted some, some bourbons and came back and we kind of launched our podcast right, right in the middle. And it was cool for us because we were doing it remote. But for you guys, you can't really do that. So how did you pivot the restaurant? Were you doing like pop-ups? Were you doing like takeaway orders and stuff like that for people? Yeah, luckily Haberdish suits itself really well to takeaway. Um, so we just, it's fried ch chicken and craft cocktail bar. I love it. <laughs> so, I mean, fried chicken. Go you, you, super you had easy me at go. fried chicken. Mm -hmm, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. Actually, one of my favorite spots here, by the way. I haven't, oh, I haven't gone to that yet. When I oh. first came down to visit these guys, right, I, they used to do it like on Fridays, I think. They would have the Friday fried chicken. I yeah. can never get that joint. I'd be pissed. I'd be going back to Connecticut mad, yo. No, it's good, bro. Because I heard about it. No, it's so wrong. anyway, sorry. We, <laughs> we fangirling. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so then you you were um, sous chefing there. Yeah. And now you're chef de cuisine at yeah. Supperland? Yeah, executive chef okay. over at Supperland. I also oversee like the culinary direction of the restaurant group. Uh -huh. So I like, you know, just go to all the spots like, you know, once a week and uh -huh. try their specials and like see the menu development and 
just really like kind of oversee the group as far as the culinary. So you come in that joint, drop your knives, be like, "Hey, how's this dipping?" Yeah. <laughs> and you guys are like, I mean, top twenty new restaurants in Esquire magazine. You yeah. guys are getting all kind. Like, what has really attributed to that? Would you say it's you know the concept Supperland, the fact that it's in an old abandoned church? Is it you and your creations? What What is the secret? I feel it's a combination of it all. I mean, I couldn't do that with my team. Um, my sous chef Cortland Bradford, the guy's the man. He helps me out a ton. But uh, our social media following also has done a huge piece for us. I mean, mm. things I never even thought, like I didn't even have an Instagram for it. We started all this. Yeah. And it really gets us out there, really gets us talking to people. And people come back for the food. People come back for the cocktails. I mean, that's the biggest thing. You can, people, you can get people in real easy, but to get people to stay and leave a good review, that's The food's got to be good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's you know, we talk about that in bourbon a lot. Like there are bourbon brands that come out with great packaging. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know what? You can fool me with the packaging once and I'm going to buy it because right. I like the packaging. But ultimately, if the juice inside that bottle is not good, I'm never going to buy another one, right? So you're saying the juice in the bottle at Supperland is dope. Who came up with the name, by the way? I'm just curious. Uh, that was the owners, uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff, Tony Daniel, and Jamie Brown. Gotcha. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I read up on them a little bit. Davidson grads. Yeah, and- yeah. And they just came in and just like, we want to do this. We're going to do it now. And I think that guys, you guys have a new venture that's in the works right now, right? We Something kind of like Optimus <laughs> Hall? Uh, so it's not really like Optimus Hall. It's uh, in the old Bonterra building. It's called Lalluya Hall. Okay. Like Hallelujah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. So it's also in another abandoned church. It's going to be like a high-end seafood and like kind of West Coast style. Sort oh, of nice. To it. Okay. Um, but it's going to be lunch, dinner, um, right in the right in South End. It's going to be a great spot. Can Are you going to do anything with that? Or yeah, uh, so he's, he's just said he's creative director. I'm trying to get us oh, reservations right yeah, now. I'm, I'm, can I'm, I'm can we get on the list right now? <laughs> That's dope. <laughs> We're gonna have to get in early. So yesterday, it's cool being at this uh, at Supperland. Yeah, um, it was my it? first time in church in a while, bro. <laughs> so it, kind of, it started thundering as soon as I walked in, actually. But stupid. Uh, it was it was really cool. So I've heard people describe the cuisine at Supperland in many different ways, mm-hmm. right? How would you describe it? The way I would describe it, like you're going to a church potluck at your really rich aunt's house. <laughs> oh, wow. Damn. Jesus. So church potluck at really rich aunt's house. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way to describe so it. So she got Chinette. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not the sectioned all styrofoam. Real Chinette, bro. Real Chinette. <laughs> she got Chinette. Word. Oh, that's Holy. dope. So what would you say, I mean, like, if, if someone really said, though, like, I'm in the mood for X tonight, like, what is the cuisine that I would say, hey, you know, it's steak or it's comfort food. Like, how would you say that? So it's uh, primarily a steakhouse. We um, have all prime steaks or Wagyu, nothing below that. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, um, wow. Dope. <laughs> and it's that just with like homey comfort, Southern influence sides. But we also like kind of pull some things that aren't typically Southern. Like we have a miso mac and cheese. Ooh. Uh, miso, obviously not that Southern, but. No, miso's it, dope. It, Mi- it, miso hungry. <laughs> 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 in uh, Asheville they have uh, this area where they create this miso it's the same latitude as where they create miso in Japan so a bunch of these guys from uh, Japan came over and created this whole hand packed miso factory so they do it with all southern ingredients in the south so I mean southern right? what <laughs> yeah I think Chef Katie Britton was working with some people out there doing some stuff like that some of the um, some of the greeneries and stuff they're growing out there from, from Asia to see how they would do in Asheville. That's, hang on, hang dope. on, hang on. Miso mac and cheese, though. I just want to make sure I pause on that for I a second. I want that. I want that. I just, I don't even know. I mean, what is that even, right? You, like, you want to tell even? it? Or, yeah, I mean, you're the authority. I could tell it, but I would mess it Because when up. I think of miso, I think of miso, just miso soup. 
Yeah, yeah it's the same right? thing. Basically. So is so is miso because I'm not you know I'm not culinarily inclined like my guy here. But you like food, right? Oh, I love food. Yeah, but I eat it. I don't study it, right? <laughs> So I've just like, is miso like a spice or like what makes miso miso? So it's a fermented soybean. So they ah. take this stuff called koji. It's like a mold that they grow on rice mm-hmm. and put it onto the soybeans and like let it ferment and press it. And what is left at the bottom is like a super umami filled dense product. that's like a paste. And what rises to the top is actually soy sauce. It's oh, a, it's, really? It's yeah. bomb. I have yeah. some in my fridge right now. So not only does the cream rise to the top, the soy sauce does too. Boy, I'm right? telling you what, it's dope. <laughs> my guy dope. went to my guy went to Miso College. I so so when you're making that, so obviously you do you mix the French with the Southern. So you're making a bechamel, putting mm-hmm. the miso in there, then your cheese is like a Mornay and all that. Yeah, no, that's now you got it, nail on the head there. What? <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting me a part time job washing dishes. Yo, what are you even talking about? <laughs> so so it's it's so you mix the French and the Southern cuisine. Yeah. So that's an example of the miso mac and cheese. So I mean, you could break it down for the listeners. I'll just sit over here and sip my drink. You know, you can run through it, but I I, I think that's kind of dope. Super dope. So uh, you know, I had I had another question for you. You know, we all ha- always have this. You know, if an alien came down to Earth, kind of thing, right? <laughs> but if an alien came to Earth, came to Supperland and said, "What is Supperland? Like, what is the dish that you as Chef Chris, executive chef at Supperland, would make for that alien? Ooh, probably. We have this dish called pork can-can. That is my my jam. Okay. So it's the pork loin attached to the ribs. So it's like a whole, so you get like the pork belly down the side, and then you get the loin, but still on the bone. So we do is like we sous vide it, so cook it like medium. (laughs) Okay. And then charred on the grill. And then we have uh, this mustard called Lusty Monk Mustard, also out of Asheville, like a big, funky, horseradishy mustard. <laughs> we mix it with uh, cherries, and that's the sauce for it. My oh, my God. Bacon fat. Wow. Oh. Crushes. So I love, first off, my guy demonstrated where the where the, <laughs> where got, the meat was on, his, a, on his own body. I got a tear in my eye, yo. <laughs> I, got, I got a tear in my yeah, eye. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Is it pricey? I mean, is that, that sounds like a lot goes into that. Uh, yeah, the restaurant is a little pricey, but you know, we use the prime ingredients. We don't like skimp on anything. Everything's from scratch. The only thing we don't make in that entire restaurant is like the, the pasta for the, for the mac and cheese. Yeah. Like, even like the cocktail sauce you make from scratch, like literally every single thing. So you, wow. you pay for the labor and the love, but you, you, you feel it when you eat it. So, you know, you know. So what is your, what is your, um, God dang, I'm out of shit. I am hung up on food right now. <laughs> yeah, you are. I'm, I'm done. You, you're geeking out right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm geeking out because that pork can can. They make something like that in Puerto Rico called chuleta can can. Same thing. thing. Yeah, same thing. But your preparation is a little bit different. Yeah, yeah we're gonna talk off air. I got questions. I got questions. <laughs> but but anyway, so um, to Delvin's point with the with the alien discussion, what is your go to bourbon pour? I mean, I know we text about it offline, but say. Um, be it inside the restaurant, I know things are hectic, but when you step away, when you're just trying to relax and you're around these upscale ingredients, what's that pour you go to? Uh, lately, I've been on the red wine finished Basil Hayden. Okay. It's been on my, my jam lately. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, it's got, it's because you even get like some of the tannins from it, like not too much, but like just enough to accent and it just pairs with food so well. Really? Something a little fatty. We got some sausage gravy croquettes with the Basil Hayden. I had red. those yesterday. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was going to say, I saw that picture. Bussin'. And I wanted to know what those were. Yeah. It's good. They're, they are ridiculous. Yeah, reading that menu had me in my feels, dude. Because I told my wife, I was like, do I really want to go to this forage and feast or do I really want to go to the bar at Supperland and do my own research? Damn. They they were so good, man. I was like, I can't wait to talk to this guy. And I wish we had had this conversation so I could have had the Basil Hayden <laughs> red wine. Do you guys have that on the bar? 
I th- we had a bottle there, but yeah. uh, I, I had it at uh, one of our other spots called Growlers Poor House. How, did, how do you like that Basil Hayden? We have mixed feels about Basil Hayden because of the proof. Like it, it's a good introductory. Don't get me wrong, and it's very tasty. But the proof is like we say if it was like a little more proof points higher. Yeah, it's eighty proof. Yeah, if but, it was. But to his point, though, it, I mean, right? Exactly. That might make it pair better with food. I mean, is that your take or no? Yeah, I find that lower ABV whiskeys pair better with food. Like you have some of that less of the, you know, open your mouth and you kind of have like that feeling. Ah, like you kind of lose that when you have the low ABVs and like you kind of taste more of the bourbon and you taste more of the food that goes with it. Interesting. So, so if I understand what you're saying to us, then you are telling us that lower proof bourbon, say around 80, 84 is good with foods because it's going to support and enhance. Yes. Not overpower. Wow. <sighs> you know what? I my mean, wife it, is going to be mad right now at my bank account. Bro, I got to I got to tell you, it's seen, it sounds basic. Like as he's saying it, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, duh. It makes right? sense. Like, right. why am I trying to drink 120 proof? Elijah Craig barrel proof and enjoy right? my steak and eat a steak when I should be eating 80 proof. I mean, drinking an 80 proof basil yo. Hayden. Yeah, it was dumb right yo, now. What, what a game changer. My guy, yo, you learn something Chef, every day. Chef Chris, you can get up out of here now. We good, bro. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, that is a game changer that's, for me. That's awesome. Cause now it's going to be just full on flavor, right? Yeah. That's, that's wild. Only thing that's not back in the game is Dickel. So basil Hayden is back, bro. The other thing I had yesterday, I wanted to say this. I had the sweet and spicy cornbread. Oh yeah. Wow. What was that garnish that comes with it? Was that like pickled onions or something? Oh, it was pepper relish. <sighs> so it's uh, like I said, my sous chef's from uh, out in the sticks in North Carolina. And yeah. he's big on pepper relish and big Ooh. like down home Southern flavors. We got a bunch of peppers in from a company called Fresh List. Uh-huh. They take a bunch of uh, farms and they kind of put them on one sheet. Then you just order, you know, once a week and they take uh, ingredients from all these different farms that's delivered to you in one one order. Okay. So we got a bunch of local peppers from a... Uh, Matthews and uh, Monroe and some stuff in South Carolina and just made like a nice pepper relish, bunch of lime, just something to kind of counteract that. That's and, dope. And fam, I mean, you know, this is black and brown, so I, can I keep it real? Keep it 100% okay, real. Okay, all right, I'm just making sure. Now, you can't, you know, there's a couple of things you can't mess up. Don't make now, Velma mad, though. Right? You can't mess up the mac and cheese. No. Right? No. Now, I haven't had the mac and cheese this up land. Is it? Is it only the miso mac and cheese or is it? No, it's just miso mac and cheese. It's only miso yeah. mac Okay, right. You also can't mess up the cornbread, though. And I'm telling you, the cornbread was bussin'. Was it bussin'? Yeah, yeah, it was See, see the young kids say bussin'. I just say it was good. You know what I <laughs> mean? My, my kids tell me that. I'm like, what does that mean? I'm older than Chef Chris, so. Well, uh, well you know, I'm older than everybody in here, so <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, um, but, oh, so the ingredients. So you get those farm to table, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Um, do you work with any local distilleries for bourbon and stuff like that? Um, not specifically that I could think of. I know Colleen, we do have some local bourbons, but I can't, I can't. Okay. In my brain so that's right pretty now. much. So, so that, that leads to my next question. When you're, when you're putting together these menus, of course, she's involved with the spirits aspect. You're on the flavor profile with the food mm-hmm. and you guys come together, marry, then taste back and forth, say, Oh, that works. This doesn't work. Uh, depending on the food, um, she's a vegetarian, so okay. it's hard to pair everything. Right, oh, but it's dagger. It's great to get her ideas on, like you know, when I do vegetarian sides, like what would pair really well, and you know, she has a wealth of information about bourbon, gin, yeah. pretty much any sort of. Yeah, spirit. we hope to talk to her at some point in the future. Yeah, no, we chopped it up yesterday a little bit. Well, it wasn't recorded. I, it never happened. I know, I know, but you know, I remember <laughs> it. You know, I got a photographic memory. But yeah, I know she, you do. We were talking about the barrel picks. So you guys have done a bunch of Elijah Craig barrel picks, right? Um, you've also done, I think she said there's like a Russell Reserve private barrel coming really? down the pipe. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, I mean, are you involved in that process as the executive chef, or do you have your hands on that part of the operation? Uh, some of them, not all of them. We uh, took a trip to Kentucky, and we went to Maker's Mark Distillery. Oh, yeah. And we uh, kind of, like, hand-selected and made our own Maker's Mark, which is really cool. Oh, yeah. Dope. Um, so we picked out, I think it's 15 different staves, and you kind of, like, pick your um, pick your staves, like, what do you want it to taste like? And mm-hmm. that's Upperland Bourbon is... Probably my favorite bourbon out. Oh, this sounds like I got to pick it. Yeah, that's dope. (laughs) The Supperland Maker's Mark. Yeah. Do they sell it in stores or only in your restaurant? We only sell it in the restaurants. Only. And I can't buy a bottle. I can only buy a pour. Good question. Yes. Okay, Okay. got it. I didn't didn't even see that. I mean, I wish I had seen that. I would have tried it yesterday. Well, what are you doing today? I mean, they open it for. Yeah, yeah, they do. I'm not not dressed for it. You know, I got it. I'm just wearing a t-shirt. That's the beauty of it, though. You don't have to be dressed to be hanging out at the bar. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, and, and, hanging out. and it's good cuisine. They won't judge you on your attire. You know what? That is a true story. We should go by to the bar and have and, a pour. And just try it. This is yeah, after yeah. research. Yeah. 100%. For sure. And by the way, I'm a Maker's Mark ambassador. I just didn't know if you knew that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> pass, can you pass me that Weller CYPB if you don't mind, bro? Sure. Sure. We can get that. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, so, so Chef Chris, um, if is it okay for us to call you Chef Chris? I know you hear that all day. Yeah, yeah. You're like, yes, Chef. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what do you prefer? Like, I know a lot of chefs would say after spending all day cooking fine dining, they like to come home and not prepare like a huge extravagant meal. So, in that regard, when you're away from the restaurant, what's your go-to food and pour? Ooh, go-to food. We stumped them. We I always mean, get them. I mean, it's probably just a sandwich. To be honest, yeah. After cooking all day, I don't, don't want to go and make some big ele- elaborate meal. Just right. Nice, like, grilled sandwich. That hits the mark for me. I, I heard a chef say one time, he's like, I just like to come home, have a microwave hot dog and a beer. And I was like, that's that's the truest statement because, like, you know, um, you story. work in a hot kitchen all day, you're running orders or whatever. It's pretty crazy. True. But that's dope. I don't go home and watch CNBC. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you do. And get away from work. <laughs> yes, you yeah, do. Right, I get right. those texts. I yeah, know you're you right. Do. I know you do. <laughs> so so um, with the new venture coming down the pipe, is there anything you guys, like, have talked about doing? I know a lot of chefs like to do concept stuff like pop-ups and that stuff. Um, where's that direction headed with Supperland? Are you guys just focused on what's the future for the brand? Uh, the future. So uh, with the new venture, we still like, you know, just run specials like me and the owner and some of the other people that are involved in the culinary scene. We'll hang out, do like barbecues and we'll kind of just have concept nights. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, all right, night one, what are we going to do? We'll just like Southern fusion. And then each of us bring a two or three dishes and kind of explore it that way. And then, you know, if we're talking about fish, we'll each bring two or three fish dishes and we'll kind of pick it apart and see which one works best. Take one aspect from here and put it with another aspect over here. And that's really helps us like kind of build the brand and build like the flavor profiles that we're trying to do. Wow. That's how the sausage gravy croquettes came up. Yeah. The theme of the night was make me this most Southern thing you can. And I'm not from the South, but I was like, huh, sausage <laughs> gravy. How could I... I'm going I'm to fry sausage gravy. <laughs> That's So you probably made it, then froze it, and then fried it? No, nah, so, so if you're making the sausage gravy, you just make it like real thick, uh-huh. let it cool, and then you ah. scoop it, roll it, and fry it. He fried it, dude. It's ridiculous. That's, I mean- That's such a no brainer. Like when they, when they tell you stuff like that, and you're like, oh yeah, it makes sense to do it that way. I just don't understand, like when you go see a plate, like for example, the plate I saw yesterday, the way you pair food and build a dish- I mean, everything was from the earth or whatever. It was potatoes, beets, asparagus, morels, and a pork tenderloin. Yeah. And it was amazing. The flavors melded so dope. How do you do that? I mean, just eat. You got to eat. The more you eat, the more you know. Well, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, uh, trust a skinny chef. No, you know what I'm saying? No, that's a true story. <laughs> if you see a skinny chef, run. Run. That's the first thing I ever heard. I was like, nah, no chops. <laughs> so... Like I know, I know you said the the menu and the speakeasy you guys kind of build based on the spirits, right? 
How about the main menu though in the restaurant? Like when you're creating some of the things that we've talked about, do you have a certain spirit or wine or cocktail in mind as you're creating it? Or is that sort of the afterthought? That's sort of the afterthought. A lot of times we have a great sommelier on staff as well. And he really puts his foot in it and really talks about like how I could pair these things with the food I've created. But um, usually it's the food first and then they kind of like come in and just like, you know what, how can we act, uh, accent the food? Yeah. And so do you col- collaborate with the Samanye who puts his foot in it? By the way, my guy has been in the South long enough now. He's like, <laughs> he knows the foot. He knows the foot, That's bro. a secret ingredient, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, do you collaborate with him on, or her on that and Colleen and just say, hey, here's how we kind of put that together? Yeah, yeah. We are in constant talks. We always are talking like what, you know, what pairs with what or how can we really elevate this meal? Uh, I did a meal at the French Laundry in California. Oh, shit. Oh, Wow. I got to say, the food was amazing, but oh, the shit. pairings of the bourbon and the wine really elevated the food to the next Wait, level. Wait, you did it? I mean, I was there. I mean, what, is that, what does that mean, though, like when you say you did it? You uh, ate it? or Yeah, I, I ate it. Oh, okay. Oh, I, thought, no, no, no. <laughs> I thought he was out there cooking with Thomas Keller, you know what I mean? I was like, whoa. Wait, who is Thomas Keller? He was a French Laundry. Oh, no, really? you gotta read more books, B. Nah, man, I, I do read books. I just yeah, don't, don't read those. You books. don't read the right books, B. <laughs> Thomas Keller's like probably one of like the premier chefs in the country. Oh wow! See, and, I, see, I know French Laundry because Gavin Newsom went there during the pandemic and got in all kinds of trouble because oh, of it. Oh, that's the only reason I know that name. And he's like, he didn't go to culinary school. You know, he's huh? just like self-trained and worked in kitchens. That do that, you think you need to go? I mean, how, like, how important is that? And I, and I ask because. Um, you know, my kids, the favorite thing they love to do is watch cooking shows, mm-hmm. right? Like ordinary people cooking and winning competitions and blah, blah, blah. Like, what do you think about those? Ooh, it's a dicey subject. <laughs> <laughs> keep it, keep we, it a buck. We, keep don't it a buck. Mean, we don't mean to stir the pot, but yeah, keep it a hundred. <laughs> uh, so I think Food Network has done a huge, uh, d- done huge things for the culinary community it really has brought light and made us feel special you know we're not down there in the basement anymore it kind of has made people feel special and have them be like a famous yeah at this point honestly yeah um but it also has done a lot of things where you get these kids that come in and just like oh i want to be a chef and like you mm-hmm. can't hold a knife like <laughs> right there are many steps before this that you're just skipping so right it, it's made it a lot more glamorous but also has brought a lot of people to be like i want to be a chef then they get there and they're like oh i don't have to you know yeah, it's hard work. <laughs> yeah, it, it is, is hard, hard work. work you know, work, nights, man. nights and weekends. You know, you don't get a lot of time off. Like, I, I, I follow a few chefs' accounts online. You know, and and I read a few things, and they're like, you know, I miss these days, and I miss these birthdays, and I miss this event. But they're committed to what they're doing, and you know, they're they get better, and they're in spots like this where, you know, they're overseeing brands, right? I, I just <clears throat> I compare it to like with acting, right? You see all these, you know, people who actually go to like acting school, like they learn the craft and and the whole genre. And then you got like, you know, 50 Cent and a rapper and he just goes and now all of a sudden he's an actor, right? And so I just, I got to feel that, you know, for you guys, it's kind of the same way. But um, but you were valedictorian at your... Uh, I saw that on the web. Where did I see that? Was it on the website, maybe? Bro, you're doing your research. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, I, that's I some am. deep research. Yeah, my guy was valedictorian <laughs> at his high school culinary school, right? Yeah, high school culinary. I was valedictorian. I competed in this thing called Skills USA, where you uh, like compete against like your region, then you compete against your state, and then you compete um, nationally. And I got second nationally, so I got like... I'm not a full ride CIA, but I didn't have to pay that much for CIA, so that... CIA is pretty pricey, too. Oh, yeah. It's like... Yeah. Uh, 
it's like 75 grand a year. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And you had a full ride. Uh, ish. Damn. Enough. Enough where it didn't really matter. He probably had to cover a, a third of his knives. That's about it. That is fantastic. <laughs> wow, that's dope. Yeah, man. So what was CIA like, man? I mean, I've heard stories about culinary school like that, brigand system and everything. So it's really regimented and military, right? Oh, yeah. It is military schedule and they run it block system. So yeah. every three weeks you go to a different block. So you'd yep. be like, start three weeks of knife skills and three weeks of Mediterranean, three weeks of Asia's. And if you don't pass your block, you got to retake it. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. But it is, it's fun. It's kind of, I know it's silly, but it's like her, the first Harry Potter where they all walk in and they have potions class. And they yes. Have, that, that's like what it is, yeah. but you're a chef. Yeah. Everyone's in their chef whites. Everyone dressed the same. Everyone's eating in a big hall. Yeah. Which is, which is pretty amazing because I mean, um, just, I, I know you get like what you're cooking, you're serving it to other people, the other students. Yeah. You get some good food. Yeah. No, wow. you, you get some great food and uh, you also get some not great food. I mean, there's still students just cooking. It. You're still learning. Yeah. yeah so yeah. You, if you found like a good block, you just kind of follow them throughout the, the course. Yeah. There's like, oh yeah, block, you know, block Asia's is uh, here today. Like, all right, cool. We're going to go with them. And then they move to Mediterranean. You don't need Asia's anymore. You go to Mediterranean. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, so you can choose where you want to go eat or whatever. Just, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's So dope. every classroom is its own mini restaurant, essentially. Oh. So you can go and each a uh, little classroom has, you know, 10 of each serving. So you can go and line up early because you know that's what you want. Yeah. But you can, yeah, you can go to whatever restaurant you want that day, essentially. So how does it, how do you, and I know this is over time and it's probably a stupid question, but, you know, you build your palate through that experience, through working. So you could probably break down a bourbon and food. Like, you know, when you taste that bourbon, do you get all the flavors in it? How do you go about that? What's your thought process? Ooh, thought process. So I usually, if I'm tasting something, mm. like I usually close my eyes. Um, I think that anything extra you don't need. So if you have uh, earbuds, you're at, you can close your eyes. Anything you do to really concentrate on the bourbon or whatever food you're eating really helps. So I go into like sensory deprivation. Oh, okay. So mm. I am just, just concentrating on what is in my mouth at the moment. Oh, wow. So what would you say, I mean, because you're a whiskey guy. Yeah. Right? That's why we got you on here. Mm-hmm, 100%. Right? And in spite of the fact that you're a Jets fan, <laughs> we, we, brought, we brought you on because you're a whiskey guy. And so as a whiskey guy, like, what would you say is the most prominent or the, um, the weirdest thing that maybe you've ever gotten or tasted in a bourbon that reminded you of food or a meal that you've cooked before? Ooh, the weirdest thing that I've tasted in a bourbon that made me think of food. It's a great question. Cue the Jeopardy music. <laughs> Marzipan ever? Mars- I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> industry joke. Yeah. Uh, so I've had some Japanese whiskeys, actually. Um, so that's kind of like a different, I know, a different spectrum of whiskeys. No, we love Japanese whiskey. Yeah, we like Japanese whiskeys. And it has a lot of like the peatiness that you would with yeah. scotch. And I've always not been a huge fan of scotch, and that has helped me kind of intro to it, mm-hmm. you know, like the non-peated scotches and stuff like that. Yeah. And that really just makes me scream like steak or like, Ooh. I know it sounds silly, banana pudding and scotch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Banana pudding and scotch is the the sleeper. Yeah, oh, our guy, our really? Guy, our guy AG gets, a. you wouldn't believe it, but he he gets a lot of that sometimes on the nose. Like he got one on the one the other day that he wasn't really feeling, but he Bananas. gets a lot of fruit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So banana pudding and Japanese whiskey. Yeah. Really? Interesting. Any, any particular right. brand of Japanese whiskey? Uh, Toki. Toki. Okay. I'm writing this down because he's got me, dog. And, and the, the other Hayden's back in. And, and so the other question I have for you, we didn't send you this question. We, we wanted to catch you off guard right. on this one because <laughs> I, I know you are a live music fan. Oh, huge. Right? And so who was the, what was the last concert you went to? 
Uh, I went and saw this jam band Mo in Asheville like last Thursday. Oh, really? Yeah. Jam band? Jam band. All right. You love jam bands. Yeah. So what's the all-time greatest jam band? Mo. Mo? I it's, never see I never even heard of Mo. Is jam bands like do covers or what? Yeah, no. They, they do covers, but it's more so like Grateful Dead and Fish oh, okay. and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. It's, it's like the song ends and know, then they keep playing for another 10 minutes. Do you know who Grateful Dead is? Of course I know who Grateful Dead is. Do you know is. who Fish is? Of course I know Fish. Okay. I'm a jam band guy. I'm a, Are you really? I'm a DMB all oh, day, every okay. day. Cheers. Yeah, yeah fam. 100%. Come on, come yeah. on, fam. Um, so so we like to say, you know, bourbon has a nose, it has a palate, right? But we also say it has an ear. Yep. Right. So as you're drinking this Weller CYPB or any bourbon that you drink, what would you say you get on the ear? And that could mean it evokes like a song or an artist or musical genre or anything. All right. Well, let me let me take another sip. Let me, th- let me think about it. <laughs> hit that hard. Hit that hard. Yes. Yes. I love jam bands. I learn I, something new about you every day. I, I I do love jam bands, but that's not what comes to mind when okay. I when I drink this one. What are you getting? What are you getting? <laughs> <laughs> Chef Chris on the ear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's going into sensory deprivation. He's going in again. I mean, I'm a big. He's getting J E T S Jets 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 on the ear. I'm getting a big tribe called Quest feel from. Hey, that's what's up. Tribe. Tribe. Oh, okay. I, they're from New York. Just get, I don't know. I don't know why. I think I was listening on the way over here. Oh, kind of, yeah. You know, distracted, tribe? but yeah. Yeah, I love Tribe, man. Get, get in the mood. I love it. That's dope. So, Chef Chris, what's what's next for Supperland specifically? What's on the horizon? Oh, brunch. Oh, really? Brunch mm. going. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's a good call. Because yeah. brunch is popular, bro. Brunch is really popular. So is it only Saturday, Sunday brunch? Yeah, it's just going to be yeah. Saturday, Sunday. That's perfect. And oh, starting at what time? Uh, it's going to be like 10 to 2. Oh, that is so perfect. That's so perfect. And if I may, you know, a lot of times I go to brunch and I'll get a Bloody Mary. Right. You know, can we do something with bourbon? Yes, please. Can we do a cocktail with bourbon? I mean, I, I go to a place, I say, can I get bourbon in that Bloody Mary instead of vodka? <laughs> and it's, they call it a what do they call it a bloody Maria something like that no they call it disgusting no 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 it's pretty good actually <laughs> no that's disgusting no dog for real let um, the Basil Hayden ride the wave <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's I mean that is a great request so I love the fact that there is brunch coming yeah but can we get some sort of bourbon cocktail oh yeah uh, so we have a great Vucare on the menu that's oh, one of my favorites that is the bomb <laughs> Okay, and we were, we were introduced to that last season. Just whiskey introduced yeah, us. To that. He did. Yeah, he did. My favorite cocktail. That's a great cocktail, but it's got to be made right. Yes. It's got to be made right. Got to be made right. Like whiskey, cognac, and Benedictine. Yep. Yeah. 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 And it's got. So that's going like, to be on the brunch menu. Yeah. Okay. And and then I, yesterday I had the Maker's Mark Highball, mm-hmm. which was I was mean it, good? It, it was you know what it is a it is an appetizer. Okay. Right. So I actually had the Manhattan. And then went back to the Maker's Mark highball. And Lauren, the other bartender who was in there, she was like, yeah, you probably shouldn't go backwards. Like, you're not going right, to like it. Right. And, and, and I liked it enough, but I was like, yeah, I should have had this first. Yeah. Oh, wow. So tell us about this brunch menu. What, do we, what can we expect? Oh, so it's going to be buff, uh, like luxury buffet, essentially. Okay, oh. so uh, you sit down. We're gonna have the whole center of the restaurant done up, um, and it's gonna you're gonna have shrimp and grits. You're gonna have skewers, steak, shrimp. Uh, we're gonna have frittata. We're gonna have an eggs benedict station. Ooh. All I can eat. Oh yeah, and someone else is gonna serve. 
Like you got to have somebody there serving it. No, no, no. Like you kind of go up and get and your, do your own, own. Do your oh, own wow. thing. And then we're going to have past oysters and shrimp cocktails. Oh, yes. Breads, croissants, danishes. Oh, yeah. The, the whole spiel. We oh, have yeah. a great pastry chef. So wow. all that stuff we make in house as well. Okay. All right. Sorry, kids. No college. <laughs> Daddy spent all the money at Supperland. <laughs> it's, it's a perfect time to be alive. Yes. Golly. That's dope. Welcome and, to Charlotte. And so we know what's up, what's next for Supperland. What's next for Chef Chris? Ooh, uh, like I said, Lulia Hall is the biggest thing on, on deck. Yeah. That's that's hard to say, Lula Hall. Well, just hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah and Hall. That, I'm going to remember it from now on because I can't remember the name. Lulia Hall. Yeah, there you there go. There we go. I got it. Lulia Hall. Lulia Hall. That's dope. So, and that, that's the next project. and That's the next project. Um, it should be probably about eight months out at this point. We just started construction and demolition not, uh, last week. Wow. So it, in South End. In South End, yeah. And South End is up and coming. It's coming up. Yeah, Coming South End up. is ridiculous. So tell the people who want to follow you where they can follow you, where they can find you. I mean, I mean, you're busy. You probably won't respond, but they might want uh, to follow cool. you anyways. Yeah, so uh, Instagram is uh, Chef Moron. So I know Moron's weird name. But I talked about that band Mo I really like, yeah. and that's kind of like what they call their fans. They're okay. called Morons. Morons, hey. nice. That's dope. <laughs> yeah. So Chef Moron on Instagram, uh, Chris Rajinsky on Facebook, uh, Supper.Land on Instagram as well. Okay. But yeah, you can find us pretty much anywhere. I don't really have TikTok or nothing like that. Yeah, but. Don't, you don't need it. They're about to get banned anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I'm about to, we're about to get rid of ours because, you know, China's watching our shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Facts, facts. Yeah, cool. Well, Chef, Chef, thanks for coming through. Thanks for talking to us about bourbon, what's going on in the food industry in Charlotte, man. This has been dope, yo. The meat for the miso mac and cheese alone. Bro, miso mac and cheese and pork can can. <laughs> Yo, I'm a novice, man. I just enjoy food. And what I got from uh, Chef Chris today is that there's levels. Levels. This, right? I mean, there's levels. And and so I uh, I think I do a little something in the kitchen myself. But nope. the, the, <laughs> he's speaking a whole other language over here, right? So um, appreciate you coming through, man. Love the, uh, love the Supperland, Haberdish, all of them. Yeah. Looking forward to Leluia Hall. Yes. And uh, we just wish you the best, man. So... I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. Cool, man. Double take a shot, man, when you're ready. All right, man. Stay black. Keep your breath.